you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in football fans to today's Locked On NFL podcast. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. I do Locked On Vikings here as always with Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. He does Locked On Saints. And we're keeping you updated today on all the news notes around the league, including the allegations levied on Deshaun Watson. We're going to check in on that. Some interesting comments that have come out of San Francisco and how the draft boards are all shaping up to be kind of pro day only without that combine data. Plus, now the third pick in the draft has been traded. What about some other trades into the top 10? And then, of course, we have the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. We've got Marcus Mosher coming on to discuss who to root for if you've got some 49er dynasty stock. This is Locked On NFL. And Ross, let's start with Deshaun Watson. So we've been keeping tabs on the situation with all the civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson for sexual misconduct. And Sports Illustrated reached out to a masseuse that had worked with Deshaun Watson, and she gave her account of everything that had happened. Um, Tell us what we need to know about that. Yeah, so this has been a really uh, tough scenario to follow. And this Sports Illustrated read is a very tough read as well, because the... Content warning for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you if you check it out, um, uh, Jenny Verentis, uh shared it on Twitter today and, or on Monday. And uh, a big part of you know what you read in the story is is as you mentioned, uh, Mary quote unquote's account of what took place as she was working with Deshaun Watson. And again, it's it's very graphic in detail, and there's a lot of a lot of detail about all of this. And you know, the, the thing that we want to highlight as we talk about this is that. You know, when you read all of this, these these allegations, all of these things just continue to mount up in this situation. Mm-hmm. And all of it deserves respect, right? In terms of yeah. us talking about it, us putting it out there that like, look, this is what's happening. We're not here to have any opinion about any of this or anything like that. But just in terms of talking about all of this and the way that this is all shaking out, there are a lot of things that we're going to be able to learn from this as facts become more accessible and when things actually, you know, when more facts come out. But it, it is a, a a stirring situation to watch continue to develop as we move forward. Yeah. And I, I think our role in this, I guess, is just to keep people informed. Right. And that's what we're going to do here. So if you want to read that piece, um, again, not for the faint of heart, if you mm-hmm. Don't if that kind of thing really, really bothers you, I recommend that you steer clear. Um, but if you do want to stay informed, I'll link that in the show notes for you. Uh, so so you can find that in the description of this podcast. But I think that's the extent of, of what our role in this is. So I think we should move on to the next thing, which which is uh, let's talk a little bit about the 49ers. They talked a little bit about what they did in the draft and Jimmy Garoppolo. And you have the quote, Russ. Yes, absolutely. So John Lynch saying, uh, we felt like we had a team that can compete. We went to ownership and said, hey, things are looking good and we want to make this trade, but we don't want to say goodbye to Jimmy. So this is coming from and being shared by Albert Breer at Albert Breer on Twitter, mentioning essentially that ownership has signed off on keeping both a rookie and Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Here's the thing. And it depends, and we're going to talk a little bit later with Marcus about these guys too, but it really depends sure. on who you're talking about, right? Because if that's mm-hmm. Trey Lance, 
then I buy it, right? Sure. If you need, have Jimmy start a year and have Trey Lance come along, he needs that help. I think Mac Jones, he's only got like 17 starts. Maybe you do want that kind of red shirt year. But I don't know, man. I feel like yeah. everybody's going to say this if they go up to the third pick in the draft. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I, I think you and I, one of our very first episodes here with Locked on NFL, we looked at that really incredible chart that charted out quarterback starts as rookies and then you could sort right. of pick out like where they started to really get snaps where they started to play in gays and then what their success was and you found successful examples for players that sat a full year that sat a partial part of a year and players that started right away and we just sort of walked away from that with the conclusion that quarterbacks that are good will be good that's all that right. you really could expect so i agree sometimes with you. you need to adjust and sometimes you don't right yeah so i agree that depending upon who it is and if you listen to brian peacock and yesterday today's episode with Bo Brock, he's all about Justin Fields. And I tend to think that if you draft Justin Fields at number three overall, who's personally my quarterback too, he was also Kyle Krabs quarterback too, who also appeared on that episode yesterday, that, you know, if you do that as San Francisco, then you don't really have the need to sit Justin Fields for a year, unless you're worried about injury or anything like that. And then maybe you're saying, hey, we'll keep Jimmy Garoppolo around because you need to keep him happy for right now. But depending on which one of those quarterbacks you end up landing, he's also a pretty effective trade piece if you can get somebody to agree to take on his deal. Right. That's probably the most efficient way to kind of spin all of this. You know, you've just paid a lot to get up from 12 to three. If you mm -hmm. can get a first rounder back from Jimmy Garoppolo, say he has a decent year in 2021, and then you can trade him at the deadline or something like that. Right. Then suddenly you've really, really spun this into a, a new whole direction for the 49ers franchise. Uh, but speaking of all this draft stuff the uh combine is didn't happen this year right if you didn't uh know that there is no combine so <laughs> uh it's all pro days and yeah. what we're seeing right now coming out at like miami just had what penn state their pro days are kicking out unreal athletes and mm -hmm. so how do we navigate that mm -hmm. and so i had this question so i reached out to kentley platt who does uh, application stuff for Pro Football Network, a big draft site. He created relative athletic scores. You probably have seen his uh, screenshots all over Twitter. He's mm, at awesome Bomb on Twitter. Awesome work. So I reached out and I asked him, hey, what's the deal with this? And he had a really interesting theory that was, it's all about volume. Right now, fewer mm. players are testing for a bunch of reasons, right? COVID protocols, no combine. Right. The fact that there is no combine kind of means the superstars are taking over the pro days and, and lesser players are doing a little bit less of that. He's Usually, he will put in 2,000 prospects to his system. Mm -hmm. This year, by this point, he's usually had about 1,000 by this point in the, in the offseason. He's at about 300 right now. So way wow. fewer people. Yeah. And that means that the people who are testing are going to be the higher testers naturally. Sure. Because usually a lot of these guys that are, you know, the Jalen Phillipses of the world knocked out the combine and they don't even touch their pro day. You got my numbers. I don't need to test again. I don't need to risk running a bad one. So right. there's a little bit of that. There's also, I mean, there's just a lot of really athletic corner cornerbacks, a lot of really athletic tackles that just were going to test high no matter what. There are just some <laughs> crazy good athletes. Um, but I, I think that does kind of explain a little bit why we're seeing such unorthodox pro days. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I think you're seeing people and I love that contribution from the, I really I love hearing that. But I do think that there's, you know, like two classes of sort of social media folks right now in terms of like pro days are extremely important versus pro days are not at all important, right? Because workouts don't matter and all these other things when really there's a middle ground that is, hey, these are all valuable pieces of a larger 
and, and, and trying to be largely informed about an individual prospect based on many different aspects of evaluation. Yeah. And I think, you know, apply a margin of error to all this stuff, right? If you're worried about the pro day numbers and if they're legit and did the college embellish and did the guy with the hand timer click it a little early because he's a Bama guy. Like if you're worried about any of that coming from the official or unofficial times, um, just to, you know, apply a margin of error. If you in a normal year were sure that Jamar Chase is a top five guy, just say we're sure that he's a top eight guy and proceed from there. <laughs> right. Apply a little bit of a margin of error and say there's a chance we're this wrong. So just play around that situation. And usually when you're coming up with your draft strategy or the draft strategy you want your favorite team to take, for example, um, you can just kind of make a quick adjustment for that and then move forward like normal. That's mostly what teams are going to do or replace, you know, 40 yard dash times with chip data tracking or, or whatever mm -hmm. they can do. Teams are trying to get creative of ways to get full profiles on guys anyways. But otherwise, this is a surmountable problem. And as these pro day numbers continue to roll in, we're seeing a lot of action in the NFL draft, a lot of teams moving around. We've already seen the big blockbuster trade that came on Friday. Are there more trades on the way? Luke and I are going to talk about some of the ones that we would certainly like to see as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. And with all the action going on around the NFL draft, there's a ton of action still to be had over with our friends over at betonline.ag as well. The final four for women's college basketball is starting to take shape. The men's tournament's also starting to take shape over there as well. And there's odds. Bail, it was a foul. Sorry, like I'm all about UConn, but that was a foul. Uh, but look, you have so many different ways to get involved now over at betonline.ag, even though football is over between the NBA, college basketball, men's and women's, as well as the MLB just a few days away from first pitch. So we'll have a ton going on over there. And of course, they have everything that you need. And even if you're not into to, to betting on sports, but you want to try out some of the other stuff they've got, they got reality TV, award shows, television, a whole bunch of other things as well. So go and check them out, betonline.ag. While you're there, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, if you want to keep up with everything going on in the sports world beyond just the NFL, but basketball, baseball, hockey, everything, make sure you check out the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. Under 20 minutes every morning, they'll get you up to speed on everything you need to know. So, Ross, let's talk a little bit about, about trades. we got trade fever, the, uh, trade the fever. third round swap and then the Dolphins going down and up and all that stuff. It was so much fun. I want it to happen again. Tell me what, Tell me, <laughs> give me one. Give me something to chew on. Tell me one that can Okay. Happen. All right. So, let's just think about <laughs> another... <laughs> Let's think about another quarterback needy team, right? Um, sure. The Washington football team, for instance, okay. right? They are, you know, they they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that that is great television, uh, but it might not necessarily be what teams are looking for in terms of what they might have as a future within their franchise. I don't think you sign Ryan Fitzpatrick and say, okay, we're good for a couple of years here, right? No, there are, that's there not are the point of Fitzpatrick. Right. There are certain things that you have to continue to do as you move forward. So Washington right now picks at number 19. The absolute lowest I can see a quarterback falling is 15 with the New England Patriots. Now we know that three quarterbacks are going to go pretty early, one, two, three. And then you have Carolina in there at eight. And then you have a couple of other question mark teams that could potentially invest at a, at a quarterback if the right one were to fall. What if Washington decides, hey, we want to go up and get our guy, whether it's outside of the top three, let's say Trey Lance or Mac Jones, 
What if what if Atlanta's interested in trading out of pick four and in continuing to stockpile some picks to continue to get ready for their future with their new GM, their new head coach, and potentially with a new offensive system there? Could Washington football team be a team to trade up from 19 to four, throw in an extra first round pick and some extra supplemental picks in there as well, and then maybe go up there and try to get their guy at the quarterback position? That would be a lot to move up that far. If we saw what yeah. it cost to go from 12 to 3, to go mm-hmm. from 19 to 4 is considerably more distance. So mm-hmm. that would be a blockbuster. And I think what can teach us a lot about this dynamic is Miami and the way Miami mm-hmm. uh, navigated this. Because they behaved as though they wanted to be in a very specific place yes. in the draft. They didn't yes, just want to kind of trade out and get more stuff because otherwise they would have stood pat at 12 once they got that that deal but they tried to go down to six with philadelphia and the goal was always to get to six and they couldn't get to six because philly didn't want to trade up so they went had to go kind of down and up to get there and Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit more of a creative way to do it um so philly ends up going down which is what they want and then you got to you know oblige san francisco because they want the quarterback and all that so they wanted to be at six if you think about okay why would they want to be at specifically six well Mm -hmm. because they probably have a pretty good idea the way the board's gonna fall say you've got those top three quarterbacks and you're high on three skill players say you're like you know uh jamar chase and like kyle pitts uh, kyle pitts and like one of them right and And one of the other alabama wide receivers yeah you're right and those are the three people that i am the highest on that i think will go this high well if i'm at six i'm guaranteed to get one Mm -hmm. and if i'm at seven i'm not guaranteed to get one so i want to be at six specifically and if the rest of the league sees things the way that miami sees them then i think that tells us where it's going to be possible to trade up because Mm -hmm. maybe atlanta doesn't move you know maybe cincinnati doesn't move if they like want to go grab you know o-line of their choice Mm -hmm. um and i think if you are gonna pencil in atlanta cincinnati and miami for skill players or for not even skill but for for non-quarterback players and i don't think you necessarily can entirely for miami and maybe even atlanta but if you did that and say you got intel that those three teams are not going to take quarterbacks well suddenly it's a lot easier to think about moving up to seven or eight than it is to think about moving up all the way to four and i think Mm -hmm. that might inform the way that that this uh this part of the draft behaves on draft night Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another interesting one to see will be the competition for pick seven with Detroit. Because let's say that those six all stand pat with as they're set right now. And then you see three quarterbacks come off the board. And all of a sudden, again, it's let's say it's Trey Lance and it's uh, and it's Mac Jones that are up there or something unexpected happens. It's somehow Justin Fields is also there. Also a really fantastic situation for Carolina. who will be sitting there waiting at eight. But do they need to trade up at seven to prevent New England or potentially Washington from trading up to seven in order to make sure that they get the quarterback that they want, as opposed to grabbing the last of five quarterbacks that are on the board if they decide that that's a position they need to address. So that could be a really interesting place to see any of these other teams that are still out there going in terms of the race with Carolina to get a hold of a quarterback. And I don't even know if Carolina should be really interested in in switching out their quarterback. I mean, are they are they really done with Teddy Bridgewater? I know that they say that Teddy Bridgewater is the guy, but we also are just talking about how, you know, you can blow smoke up Jimmy Jimmy G's behind all you want, but very likely it seems yeah. that if the right situation is there, he won't be a 49er as uh, as long as we expect. So that's the other part too. Yeah, and I think you can also kind of if you're Carolina or if you're Detroit, Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to make the move this year. It seems like a good year to do it because the quarterbacks are pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got two 
three off seasons here. You have three drafts where you're going to have kind of Jared Goff under contract and you will have right. this kind of bridge in place, right? This, this Ryan Fitzpatrick-esque figure that can bring along a youngster, whoever that youngster is. If you've got somebody coming out next year or the year after that's higher than on your board than Mac Jones or Justin Fields or whoever ends up falling to you, then maybe you say, all right, well, put this off and we'll go make a really aggressive move next year for someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that... They, they there's more years than this year in the way that NFL teams think about this for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a big thing is the the foresight of all of it from the NFL franchises, especially a team like Detroit, who, as you mentioned, are kind of shoehorned into a quarterback for the next few years. If they trade back and then get another first round pick from next year and inspect things, it allows them to make that very aggressive move that you were talking about or puts them in a position because you're taking a pick from a team that's going to be moving forward with a rookie quarterback. So you don't actually have to be that aggressive anymore to grab a quarterback Mm -hmm. with that team's selection. That's Mm -hmm. the type of foresight that I think you would see from a team like Detroit if they decided to trade out of seven. And we love Detroit fans would hope. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the other part, too, is that it is Detroit. So, you know, all things. <laughs> I got to take a shit. shot. I got to take one <laughs> shot at Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know the last time we've gotten one in for you. So that was good. Um, look, I, I think that, you know, that's the type of thing. That we, we, we love foresight. And that's one of the reasons why our good friend Marcus Mosher is going to join us here in just a little bit, because we're going to be looking ahead to dynasty football with these rookies. If you have pieces that you're invested in or if you're already invested in any of these rookies, where are the best landing spots for your fantasy team? For the 2021 season and beyond, we'll have that up next as Marcus joins us for our next Fantasy Forum here on today's episode of Locked On NFL, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And speaking of foresight, Luke, speaking of foresight, I always, I always try to make sure I get ahead of any auto part needs that I need before I need them. (laughs) With rockauto.com, they've got everything that you need and everything you could ask for and even more. So go and check them out. And don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Luke, cookies and cream, cookie dough chunk. It's the battle of the cookies in the midst of the battle for... In the midst of our battle to find the best tasting protein bars, cookies and cream, cookie dough chunk. That's the first matchup of our flavorful four before we figure out the matchup. Yes, that's right. Before we figure out the championship matchup to crown the best flavor of the best tasting protein bar out there. Low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and high in competition Right now is the Flavorful Four rounds out. So head over to BuiltBar.com as well as Bar underscore Built on Twitter and let your voices be heard. (laughs) While you're over at BuiltBar.com, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get your own box of Built Bars and try them all for yourself as well. That's promo code LOCKED1515 to get 15% off the best tasting protein bar there ever was and the best tasting protein bar there ever will be at BuiltBar.com. The NFL Draft is weeks away, and it's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to, and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. As for us, it's Tuesday Fantasy Forum, which means Marcus Mosher, our good pal, is here to talk a little bit about Dynasty Draft is coming up. So yesterday on the show, uh, Bo and had had Brian Peacock on the show to talk a little bit about the 49ers trading up to three. What quarterback are they going to do and all that? From a dynasty perspective, it feels like 
depending on which 49ers you have stock in, you're rooting for different results here. Or if you have stock in quarterbacks already, you're rooting for different results here. So I guess let's start with the actual 49ers, uh, people that we know are 49ers. If you've got George Kittle, Debo Samuel, a running back or something, who, what are you rooting for here if you have stock in, in 49ers weapons? Luke, I would say it would depend on the weapon that you have. So let's take Brandon Ayuk, for example, a guy that yeah. I love in Dynasty right now. You want the quarterback that can most accurately throw the ball down the field. And from what we've seen in college, it's not Trey Lance. And Mac Jones is pretty good at it. It's actually Justin Fields. He was by far the most accurate passer on throws beyond 20 yards in college football last year. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense for Brandon Ayuk. But if it's George Kittle, I think Mac Jones makes a lot of sense, right? Because that's somebody who's very mm-hmm. accurate and short to the intermediate portions of the field. Right, where your tight end will be. Yeah, right, exactly. And for Debo, I don't think it really matters because his touches are all coming behind the line of scrimmage or within five yards. Uh, I think all three of those quarterbacks can do a good enough job of getting him the ball. So I think, honestly, the answer is it depends on which weapon you have. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, you know, to, to follow up, we can look sort of all at the other angle here. What if you're already invested in one of these quarterbacks? Where where feels like the best fit for each of these quarterbacks from a dynasty perspective? Well, I'll start with this, Ross. I think the best landing spot for any quarterback in the draft is San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. And that's for, for sure. Lawrence, for Wilson, for Fields, <laughs> Mac Jones. I mean, if you end up in San Francisco behind that offensive line with Kyle Shanahan designing plays and weapons galore, from a fantasy perspective, you're going to be a top 10 quarterback almost by default. Right. Uh, so it's pretty easy there just to say Lance, Jones, Fields, all make sense in San Francisco. Uh, but other spots that do, or you know, at least are a little bit interesting, I think Carolina is a fascinating fit for Justin Fields. They've got a ton of weapons. They've got guys that can stretch yeah. the field. Uh, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you one thing that's sort of, it, it hasn't come to fruition yet, but earlier in the episode here, you know, Luke and I talked a little bit about potential remaining trade-ups that could happen, particularly for quarterbacks up into that, that top five, top 10 spot. I, I have to ask, if you're somebody that has, let's assume that the top three selections are Trevor Lawrence, Zach mm-hmm. Wilson, Justin Fields, left on the board are Trey Lance and Mac Jones. If you have, let's say Terry McLaurin, or some of these really great pieces for the Washington football team, and they were to trade up to, let's say, four, which quarterback are you hoping out of Trey Lance and Mac Jones goes to feeding the ball to your guys? Man, it's probably Mac Jones. And again, Mm. if I'm a fan of the Washington football team, that's probably not the answer you want to hear. Right. But from a dynasty perspective, I think I have a lot of confidence that Mac Jones can get the football to his playmakers. It might not be the sexiest thing in the world, but we saw it at Alabama, right? Devontae mm-hmm. Smith was the Heisman Trophy winner because Mac Jones knew how to feed his top receivers. Uh, I think that's the answer. And actually, I think Mac Jones is the answer for a lot of these teams that need a quarterback, whether it's New England, uh, Washington, mm-hmm. Chicago. I think I think he would fit well in terms of getting the balls to the playmakers. Marcus, we absolutely love it. And we thank you very much for taking the time to come through for another fantasy forum here at Locked on NFL. Make sure y'all follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. You can catch him a couple days a week over at Locked on Dynasty Football. And of course, every day of the week over at Locked on Cowboys. Marcus, we appreciate you coming through, bud. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. Make sure you're keeping up with us every day here at Locked On NFL. Tomorrow, James Rapine, Tony Wiggins welcome on a guest from our Locked On Draft 
experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network to get you everything you need to know about the NFL draft. That's Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL Pods as well to keep up with everything we've got here going on here over at the Locked On NFL Podcast and channel. We appreciate you for tuning in and we'll see you again tomorrow.